track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Welcome to Primetime Wrestling. Uh, no, but welcome to Dirty War on the North-South Connection <laughs> Podcast Network. Whether you're here audibly or visually, if you're listening to this on any podcast network, you can also find this now on YouTube at North-South Connection. If you search that, and this is airing in video format, if you prefer that, be sure to check it out and vice versa. If you're watching on video, but you're going to hop in the car and want to listen, you can also follow us on any podcatcher app. Marcus, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, right off the rip, uh, do you have a favorite episode of Primetime? Oh God, um, I'm I'm like stupidly into the um, live audience ones because that's really like oh, okay. like heavy Primetime when I was watching that era. So I like a lot of my memories. I feel like that actually has I, I won't say they're the best, but I feel like they have the most memorable segments in primetime were generally happened during that stretch. I think it's all the live guests. I mean, Flair's debut was on that one. That was a big one. I love the one later with the round table with perfect yeah. turns, obviously enjoying Savage. Um, I always like the Halloween ones when they're, when gorilla and Bobby would dress up. But how about you? One word. Quake burgers. <laughs> there you go. I was in the live audience. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite. Absolutely. Not big Billy Busick when he was picking on the kids in the crowd. <laughs> no, uh, I do really like uh when uh when uh Rude and like it's uh Rude and Piper going back and forth. That's a good one too. But yep. The uh the summer of eighty nine prime times are so good. Like I yeah. Prime time's like my big binge thing, like late at night, passing out in and out like or recording shows sometimes like up for a in the background so i've been through the whole run on peacock like probably three or four times from 86 through whatever's on there like 89 um but summer of 89 they are loaded like they, they every up ep- like there's a stretch of episodes where every segment is like they're showing something big happening and they show big matches like the, the brain busters demolition title change like all that stuff is in there in full like it's just such a busy summer and they show all of it so if you've like if you're like light on 1989 dirty if knowledge if you just watch those prime times like you pick up just about everything that's going on yeah real quick yeah all right well let's dive in here to this podcast it's a uh very nerd level sabermetric style look at every dirty pay-per-view ever uh we're doing this in a season format so we start with the first pay-per-view following wrestlemania in any given calendar year and it follows it ends with the following year's wrestlemania so for this season we started with the first show after WrestleMania, which was Extreme Rules 2015, and it's going to end with the beloved WrestleMania 32. 
<laughs> and on and on. Uh, so we've been through, you know, we've been through quite a few seasons. I guess we can rip those off real quick here, Marcus, because again, we might have some new uh, followers here since we're uh, diving into the YouTube format. Uh, we've done 1985-86. Uh, we've done 1994-95. We have done 1999-2000. We've done 2004-2005, 2011-2012, and 2018-2019 NXT as its own season. So that's everything we've accomplished so far. Uh, the NXT season is our highest average score, as you would imagine. Uh, but yeah, we're going through every every pay-per-view from a season. Uh, we're going to break it down in a series of categories. That includes giving match grades. And then we average those out. What we do is each category gets a total score plus minus system. So if you consider what we consider to be like kind of replacement level is the most basic anything you can get, right? So that's a zero. Anything that's better than what you would just expect to be just a average thing gets a point. If it's worse than average, gets a minus. We net all that out, give it a total score. Uh, Marcus, you want to quickly just read the categories that we grade in? Yep, absolutely. Uh, first, we start off with build, followed up by commentary the atmosphere of the event, notable moments and importance, match grades, which you talked about, card structure, rewatchability, and all-time matches. And for us, an all-time match is anything that we both agree is 4.25 or above for a plus, or for a minus, it is 0.75 and below. Correct. And rewatchability, we try and avoid like matches because that's already covered in the match grades or all-time matches. So rewatchability for us... Um, is just something that may not be a notable moment, a historical moment, but it's something that, like, if you, it would be worth going back to rewatch the show to see this, like a goofy mm -hmm. segment, a funny moment, you know, something like that. Spot, that was like, yeah. or a big spot in a match. Exactly. So it may not be notable, but it was worth, like, throwing on just to relive that spot. Uh, so for our match grades, basically, you give uh, every match a grade, I give every match a grade, we take the average. So if I give something a, a 3.25, you give it a 3.5, we take the average of that. Uh, we take that average score and then we do a plus minus from two and a half. We consider two and a half to be an average match. So if our combined grade is a four, that's 1.5 higher than the average, right? So that gets a plus one and a half. If we give something a one, it's minus one and a half. So, and then we just kind of add all those up to get our total score. So we'll show you that in a minute. Uh, every episode we do two pay-per-views and uh, why don't we go ahead and dive right into our first one, buddy. It's uh, Night of Champions 2015 took place on September 20th from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas, 14,369. Uh, I'm not getting into the buys since we're on the network now. We had Michael, <laughs> Jerry Lawler, and John Bradshaw Layfield in the booth. We had a dark match, or I'm guessing a pre-show match, right, on the network. Stardust in the Ascension defeated Neville in the Lucha Dragons. And then we can get right into the show. Uh, so our opening match was for the Intercontinental title. That is Kevin Owens defeating Ryback to win the belt and that match went just under 10 minutes and i gave that a three marcus what did you think of that one uh i went with a three as well um yeah that's really all i got it you know uh big one for owens but um that's really it ryback's really cooled off um where he was from earlier in the season yeah and i think owens getting the icy title made sense too um because it feels like coming off the Cena thing, it's like, all right, well, what do you do? He had that match with Cesaro that we both liked quite a bit at yeah. SummerSlam. But it's kind of like, okay, now what? Right? Like, mm -hmm. he's not quite in the main event picture yet. It's almost like they hot-shotted him so high up the card. It's like, what do you do? So I think making him the um, torchbearer of the IC division for a bit would be a good way to kind of reestablish him and also elevate the IC belt, given how they presented him. Yep. Uh, next up, we've got Dolph Ziggler taking on Rusev. Uh, it feels like we've seen these guys go at it like five times so far this season, but the work is solid enough. I went 3.25. Yeah, the match is fine. It's just the storyline is so silly with the Lana and Summer Rae stuff. Just kind of gets boring and not even boring. It's just kind of insipid. It's like, you know, we all know the reason right behind the scenes for it that we're trying to get in between Rusev and Lana. So they kind of break them up on screen, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, while the chemistry in the in-ring is there, the story's kind of frustrating and you almost feel bad for some array because like they're finally giving her a chance to do something mm -hmm. and it's not putting her like in a position where it's going to be any kind of success probably. So I went three and a quarter. Like again, it's fine, but yeah. Uh, all right. Next up was our tag title match. The Dudley boys taking on the new day. Uh, the Dudleys actually win, uh, but do not win the titles. So uh, they win by DQ. So that's just under 10 minutes as well. Uh, what did you think of seeing the Dudley boys back here? 
I thought it was an interesting way to bring them back. Um, they still had a little bit of run in them, and I thought this was a good time to kind of use them in this fall part of this uh, fall portion of the season. Um, kind of, I don't know, spice things up a little bit, but just make it something different from primetime players or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any of the other tag teams we've seen so far this season. And they're being brought back as legends that can still go, um, but they're very, very much acknowledging, like, hey, these guys are. You know their best years are 15 years behind them. Right. Um, but you they're know, doing the Rocky Balboa in Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not. They're not trying to present them as yeah. Like they can still go. They may be able to still duke it out and steal a win. That are brawlers, but yeah, they're not on the level of New Day. Right. So. Yeah. All right. Um. So what's up next? Uh, I went uh 2.75 on that match. What was your okay? Grade? I'm sorry. Uh, yes, same. Yeah, pretty good considering it had uh, Bubba Ray Dudley in it. That's uh, quite the... <laughs> That's fine. I, I mean, look, under 10 minutes, they're just going to hit their spots, right? And New Day is entertaining yeah. enough that they can carry it. So, I mean, do I want to see this big extended feud or run with them? I don't know. But for, like, one or two pay-per-views, when you're trying to establish New Day as threats, like, it worked. Yeah, I like Devon. <laughs> um, next up, we've got, uh, for the Divas title, it is uh, Charlotte Flair winning her first championship by defeating mm-hmm. Nikki Bella as Nikki's long reign comes to an end. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. I went with 3.25. Yeah. Same for me. Uh, just over 12 minutes. It's obviously a really big moment on two levels, right? Charlotte winning her first title is a big deal. And Nikki's reign ending. I mean, what did it, did you mark down how long it went? I didn't. It was definitely over 200 days though. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up real quick and see here. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll have to try and find it. You're right. I mean, it was it was real long, and it was a heavy part of her angle and story. So it was definitely a really big, um, a really big total change in both regards. And of course, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if we knew at the time how important Charlotte winning the belt for the first time would be. I, I think we all kind of had a feeling she was going to end up being, um, you know, obviously one of the best of all time. But it's it's a pretty big moment when she captures that. Um, so yeah, looking back, Nikki had it for 301 days. Wow. And Charlotte will be the last Divas Championship holder because the belt merges. So, spoiler for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so three and a quarter for both of us there. Next up, we have six man tag action as Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Chris Jericho. So, a night of returns for us here. Uh, yeah. Jericho's back, and they take on the Wyatt family. The Wyatt family wins the match. Uh, they they kind of sowed some seeds for like a Jericho heel turn perhaps in here too because there's some like uh, miscommunication and Jericho kind of leaves without any like camaraderie or talking so they kind of looks like there's a little bit of a falling out between those two teams uh, at the time like I don't know if we knew if it was a Jericho kind of a one night only thing I think by the way he acts it seems like he's probably going to stick around for a while uh, I'll be honest with you. I can never keep track of these Jericho runs. Like when he pops up on these shows, nope. I'm I'm usually surprised. I'm like, oh, this is that run. Like I can never remember when he leaves and comes back um, because I know it's like three or four, like at least two or three times I think post that 08 run where he leaves and then shows back up uh, just randomly before eventually going to AEW. So again, I, I think the match was uh, pretty pretty good. Like I went three and three quarters. I'm really into anything Shield and Wyatt's like dating back years at this point. And we've talked about like how this made a lot of sense for them to try and get reigns in a better place by having him team with Ambrose and, and kind of take some of his, I don't say it's heat, but like get the fans on reigns side through mm-hmm. Ambrose by having them be buddies as Ambrose is so over. So I think that plays a role in this match too, where reigns is finally kind of on a pure face side. Yeah. Uh, I'm good with the Jericho comebacks up until 2012. Anything after that, I'm, I'm out. Um, I went three and a half. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. Um, it feels like Jericho during this time, like with all these comebacks, he always gets like plenty of time for his right. matches, like 20 plus. Um, but at this stage, if I have to take like Jericho, I want him mixed in with like established talent as well uh, to kind of make it a little bit more palatable. So uh, that being said, I thought it was a pretty good six man tag. Um, anytime you've got Reigns and Ambrose and the Wyatt uh, family in there, it's always good stuff. Um, that takes us to our U.S. title match of John Cena versus Seth Rollins. 
Seth uh, Rollins. Yeah, weird stuff here. Um, mm. We'll talk about it later. Um, as far as the match, I went four and a quarter. I think it's about as good as a follow-up as you can have to the right. classic that they had at SummerSlam without like a dramatic um, dramatic fall-off. So mm-hmm. um, really good match, but it was just weird that commentary did not really mention or make reference to the SummerSlam match at all. So it's almost yeah. like if you didn't see SummerSlam, it's like they're meeting for the first time. They didn't play it off as like, oh, this is match two. And maybe that's because they had no plans on doing match three. Right. Um, even though I guess this would be match three because match one would have been the uh, the nosebreaker. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, four and a quarter, so still uh, all-time match for me. Yeah, four and a quarter for me as well. So that, that makes it an all-timer on our on our metrics when we get to the, the uh, counting stats later. And uh, I, I agree. Like, I think it's probably as good as they could have possibly done. Like, it's, it's just a notch below SummerSlam grade-wise for me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You think the Stewart stuff, they were like trying to distance themselves maybe from that or something, or I, I don't know why they didn't play it up strong as a rematch. They really focused just on Rollins kind of getting, you know, put in a tough spot by the authority by having to defend two titles or whatever. I, I wonder if it's so Owen's big push has been he beat John Cena on his first night. And I wonder if they don't want somebody else running around saying that, yeah, hey, maybe. I beat John Cena this year too. Um, God forbid John Cena have more than one loss to somebody during the year, but that's the only thing I can think of. It had to be something weird like that. It was either that or the Stewart stuff, or maybe the way they're going to start positioning Rollins differently or something. They didn't want it tied to that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, so, but Cena wins the U.S. title, so you can assume we're going back to the open challenge from here, uh, as that was his big thing earlier in the year. I think it's fine. Like you weren't going to keep both belts on Rollins anyway, long term. So like getting it off him, and and just so we talk with Owens, like you look at our two second tier champions right now it's kevin owens and john cena like like it's pretty pretty good like we're elite level stuff with our with all of our champions right now at the moment so that made a lot of sense uh but rollins night wasn't done so he had to wrestle twice the authority was really kind of putting him to the test he had to defend his u.s title against cena in his duty world title against sting uh yeah so this is stings i guess only a second it's the second and final WWE match ever. Oh, um, no. He had appeared at Survivor Series. Obviously, that was his debut the year before. Lost to Triple H at Mania and loses here. So he finishes 0-2. Uh, but this, I've always liked this match. Uh, yeah. I, I've always enjoyed it. And, of course, it's very infamous because it's the match where Rollins pretty much was thought to have ended Sting's career. He ends up, obviously, coming back to wrestling AEW years later. But he hits him with the buckle bomb, messes up Sting's neck pretty good. Uh, and puts him on the shelf. So I, I uh, you know, I, I didn't go super high when three and a half, but it's always been kind of a guilty pleasure match for me. I've always really dug this. I thought it showed that Sting could still work, and you know, Rollins did a good job working with him until the, the splat. Yeah, you've uh, coined a phrase. I forget which podcast it was on, but it's uh, rolling off the couch. Like <laughs> yes, yeah. Sting rolls off the couch and keeps pace with 2015 Seth Rollins. It's crazy. Uh, it, it is absolutely insane. I went three and a quarter uh, for Big Steve and uh, Seth Rollins. Um, yeah, the buckle bomb. I think it's they did it twice. There was two buckle bombs. And the first one, I think, was like iffy enough. And then the second one is like the one that really did it. Um, man, the fact that Sting went 0-2 just makes me sad now. Um, and Sting's in really good shape. Like, you well, kind of think like he's an old man, but like – He's in you, pretty good shape. They could have strapped him up. You have to wonder, too, like, if Rollins doesn't hurt him, did they have plans to keep using him, or was this always going to kind of be it, right? you got to use Sting. You can't just, like, not use – but then, like, they would, like, have him randomly backstage for, like, right. legends and, like, not bring him out. And, like, he's – Well, I think he couldn't wrestle anymore. Like, I think he was, like yeah. – I think after that, the, the thought was we're done. Even if he was okay, I think they were, like – they probably didn't want to take the chance of like hurting him more or something like you know, something like that. It was a stupid move to try with him. I mean, I know Rollins catches a lot of shit. Um, you know, he had he had injured. Well, he would go on to injure Valor next year, right? It's like the same move. Yes, yeah. Uh, and again, I don't know if either were really his fault per se. No, no. He shouldn't be doing this move to Sting. Like that's the problem. <laughs> and then yeah, Valor, I... it was dumb to do it on the floor. Yeah, I know Sting took a lot of the heat. Sting was like, I wanted to do it. Like, I wanted to have a Seth Rollins match. And, like, look, that's just Big Steve. Like, that's what that's what the Big Stinger is going to do. Yeah, let's um, do a regular power bomb. How about that? We don't, we don't need a buckle bomb. Didn't need it. Didn't need it, right? 
So. Uh, okay, and we'll talk about the build to this in a minute, too, because that's kind of a shit show. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, three and a half. So if you average our grades and then you go plus minus from uh, the replacement level, it's a really strong six and a quarter total grade. Now, if you listen to our last episode, SummerSlam was ten and a quarter, but that's Ooh. that's a that's not the norm. Right. Six and a quarter is very strong. Um, anything really for us like over four is usually a pretty good, uh, pretty good showing. So we're at uh, that. We'll move over to our plus minus, and why don't we go ahead and dive into our categories? Let's start with build. Uh, so here are the pluses, things that we thought were better than average. Uh, you know, Kevin Owens being all about the money, stalking gold is consistent with his character that's been that way since NXT, right? All he cares about is making money, feeding his family, being successful. So a point for that. A point for the, we didn't talk about this, but the homage videos throughout the night to all the champions. They, they do, usually do this at Night of Champions where, yeah. okay, it's an IC title match. So they'll show like all the legendary intercontinental title holders throughout time. Little video package before the match. So a point for that. A uh, point for Nikki Bella's record reign, building into this. A point for Charlotte chasing the belt with Ric Flair by her side to push her along. A point for the ongoing Shield versus Wyatt war that's been going since SummerSlam. And a point for Rollins being in the shine box, uh, having to defend both titles against legends. Put there by the authority is tough love to prove himself. So that's, uh, that was a pretty good story heading in. And for the minuses, we're a little light. Uh, we've got the never-ending Rusev Ziggler summer Lana love storyline going on. Uh, and then we've got Sting's melting face paint uh, after hiding in the box. That's a uh, all-time memorable moment. And uh, we got Ryback and The Secret. Uh, that was that book that they were um, attaching to Ryback, and he was saying it was kind of the source of his success and positive mindset and his accomplishments uh, you know, in the new year so. Um, I thought it was, we both thought it was bad. Um, and, and Owens kind of even makes fun of, uh, the secret later on in the show, but, uh, a little light on the, the minuses, which is good. Yeah. The sting thing is, is rough. Uh, so he's hiding. The whole thing was like, they were, they were doing the old cactus Jack guy in the box thing. Right. So like sting is under the box in the middle of the ring. They didn't account for his paint. Uh, not coming off and like in the sweat, so he, they open the box and like the paint's like pouring down his face. Remember that whole thing? It was like yeah. it was it was kind of a rough rough reveal uh, for Sting on Raw. Poor and Sting. then the secret stuff is ridiculous. It's like first of all that whole concept. I had a friend of a friend who was like super into it, and it, I, it just never really clicked with me that you could just like want something bad enough to manifest it. Like I don't know the whole secret, but that's pretty much what it is, right? If you really want something hard enough, and you uh, will it into fruition basically that's the secret to success in life um and ryback was a believer of the secret apparently and he just gets as we'll talk about in a minute gets roasted on commentary so like it didn't make him look <laughs> tough or anything it made him look stupid the way they presented it like they didn't say like oh this works for this guy like this idiot believes in this, this is kind of how they present it so. <laughs> oh. all right so that's a three for build uh let's get to commentary you know, it hasn't been our favorite team for sure this season but we gave him a point for building up Owens well in the opener, a point for really selling Charlotte's big moment. They did a nice job with that. Uh, you know, JBL and Cole had a lot of good banter about uh, Rufio and Hook, so that was good. And then JBL putting over the Dudleys as well. So, yeah, I thought JBL did really, uh, really well talking about the Dudleys and making them seem like a threat. Um, for our minuses. We've got the announcers being sarcastic about the secret, <laughs> um, just about as harsh as we are. They bury it. It's awful. <laughs> uh, we got King says women should use a diary instead of Twitter uh, for their thoughts. Oh my gosh, Jeez. Yeah. that's terrible. Um, <laughs> right? Because well, and it was that? during he was talking about. Oh my gosh, I think it was like Charlotte and Nikki like arguing on Twitter to further the storyline is kind yeah. of why. And so the context is even worse because you're like kind of shitting on the way they built the match um, <laughs> by saying that versus saying you know. Not just saying it to say it, but not too much longer left with the king. Um, continue to wear a low key conversational style and uh, yuck yuck approach to all the matches. We went with minus two there. Uh, we got Cole's giddiness over the Daily Show, winning awards because Cena uh, gave an AA to John Stewart. Uh, commentary mostly ignoring the SummerSlam match between Rollins and Cena uh, and making no references to it. Um, that's it for our minuses. Okay, so it's a negative two for commentary. Not a surprise. It's always uh. Usually a little low there. All right, atmosphere. 
Uh, we give a point for the show just being bigger by being in the Staples Center. Like being in LA on a, on a not a major pay per view event usually adds to the vibe because they always show the stars and all that different stuff. So that that feels bigger. A uh, really big pop for oh, Ryback. That, one, that one's for um, uh, that was meant for uh, Hell in a Cell. Oh, okay. Yep. Sorry. No, you're good. So let's move it down. I have to fix the stats on the fly. I was going to say, I didn't think this was, uh, I should have noticed no. that. It was Houston, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll get to them. Uh, all right. Atmosphere. So big pop for Ryback to start the show. A monster pop for Owens, uh, who's just in star mode right now after that feud with Cena. Uh, a crowd interaction with New Day and the trumpet chanting all matches good with Xavier playing the trumpet all the time. A great buzz for Charlotte's entrance. It feels like a big deal already. Of course, for me, it's always a point for the Wyatt entrance, uh, which is iconic. A big pop for the Chris Jericho surprise reveal. Uh, the crowd is red hot through Cena Rollins, so a point for that. And then a point for them being really into Sting as well. How can you not be into Sting? Does anybody not really like Sting? I don't know, man. I, I love Sting. Um, to get to the minuses, we've got the crowd booing President Obama. And uh, we got the plane set, of course. We're definitely in the uh, HD set for everything era. Uh, crowd not really really into the Dudleys. Uh, again, hard to, uh, hard to blame them. Right. And uh, Mountain Dew everywhere. Tons of Mountain Dew product <laughs> placement throughout the night. Uh, unnaturally so. Oh, they love the Mountain Dew. They love it. And poor King. Poor King with the heart attack. <laughs> Chugging that Mountain Dew down like it's uh, going out of style. Do you like yeah. Mountain Dew? Uh, I do. Okay. I do. Uh, I don't drink it as much. I guess it's not that I buy a lot of, but I would say it's right behind. Um, if I had to really stack rank my top sodas, Dr. Pepper, Cherry Coke, Mountain Dew. Yeah. High praise. How about you? Uh, classic Coke number one, Vanilla Coke number two, Cherry Coke number three, Root Beer number four. Root Beer is good. Ginger it depends on what's your root beer, though. What's your favorite root beer? Uh, I got to go A&W. Yeah. Yeah, probably A and W. A and W draft. Like, did you have an A and W? Do you have A and Ws down there? We do. Yeah. Yeah. So like the A and W, off like the tap at A and W is like the best. Yeah, undefeated. Yeah, I think it's better than Barks. Do you do you remember Ramblin' Root Beer? No, I don't. That was like when I was like a kid. Shoot, that was like no. a big root beer. <laughs> I gotta find some on eBay. That was good. I think I got the name right. I think it's Ramblin'. I'm rambling. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like Mountain Dew. I remember when I got started school, college, went to college in the cafeteria, they had Mellow Yellow on the soda tap. Mm. And I just like went to town on that shit. I get like three of those fucking things a meal. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I just get as much Mellow Yellow as I want. I remember when the 7-Eleven down the street got some Mellow Yellow and it was it was on. Yeah, it was on. Good. I don't like Mountain Dew in the bottle as much. I'll say that. I like that's another one that's better. Like there's certain restaurants I go to that is no like I'm gonna get a Mountain Dew when I go in there because it's like it just tastes good off the gun in the glass or whatever. Like like if you gave me a bottle of Mountain Dew, I'm not as excited about it. Whereas if you gave me a glass of it off the gun, yeah, oh, anyway. it, it matters. It does matter. All right. Um, so where are we at? Uh, that was atmosphere we give a four here's notable moments and importance so we give a point for kevin owens winning the ic title a point for the dudley boys making their return to pay-per-view a point for the new day act kind of finalized on pay-per-view it's like we're officially new day uh two points for charlotte winning her first women's title obviously that's super important she's like the greatest female star they've probably ever had so her really making her first big pay-per-view win makes sense there the point for the ending of Nikki Bella's 301 day reign, a point for Chris Jericho's return to the promotion, a point for Sting having his first ever WWE title match, a point for John Cena winning the U.S. title for the fifth time. So I'll tell you, one thing we've noticed on, on this season has been, you know, or this era, there's usually less moments overall, um, but this, this show had some, so that's good. Yeah, uh, for our minuses, we've got Sting almost dying, but we gave that a, a negative two. Uh, return of Demon Kane. Too much Kane. As somebody who absolutely loves the Kane character, too much Kane. This is just too much, man. Um, he just doesn't look like Kane either. Like it feels like right. somebody's dad playing Kane. It feels weird. It makes me nervous, as you like to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's just been too much of him. Yeah. Like overall, you know. 
and like what's no the threat if much. he's not gonna win like i feel like we've been like teasing this whole kane thing all season but like right is kane gonna be your champion in 2015 no yeah so like what's just... why why so much kane it's completely of all the things that you could argue like you know people crap on rollins or whatever else but like of all the things you could argue about his reign like kane being so freaking heavily involved to me is like what killed it i mean that's i, I think that hurt him more than anything i mean that's he's in a match with kane when he blows out his knee yeah um in a couple months so like even a couple months we're still doing rollins versus kane it's been his whole reign he's been involved with kane uh, our producer tim was uh, kind enough to link us to ramblin root beer and oh. a little chat here so you can check out the sleek packaging um all right, so that's a six for notable moments. We talked about a six and a quarter for match grades. Card structure, we give it a point for starting with two really over stars with Ryback and Owens. Um, and then match stacking. The point for that is no downtime. It's match, 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 match. That's pretty consistent throughout the season. There's a lot of, like, the ad stuff, but a lot less of, like, skits and backstage shit. It's all just match after match, usually on these cards. Um, and then a point for stacking the two Rollins matches on top instead of splitting them up. They could have very easily done like Rollins Cena to open and Rollins Sting at the end. Yeah. But I think it told the story better by making him have to go back to back. And him winning the second one actually makes him look kind of strong. Like he overcame two long matches to at least retain his world title. The first time Seth Rollins is allowed to look strong all season. It's against him. <laughs> yes. Hate it. Um, for our minuses, we've got a weak DQ on the tag title match uh, right after the fluky finish to the uh, Rusev and Ziggler match. Uh, Neville being stuck on the pre-show and uh, just kind of like the the cock tease of the cash and uh, being mm-hmm. ruined by Kane. Um, I don't care if it's like a baby face or a heel ruining the cash in. People want to see the cash in um, because it's a cool thing and it's like history being made. Um, yep. So anytime anybody ruins that, it's it's never good. All right, so for card structure, that puts us at a zero net out there. Rewatchability, we give a point for New Day Save the Tables promo <coughs> before the match, which was really good. Um, you know, talking about how obviously don't destroy the tables, don't let the New Day put them through tables. We also give a point for Xavier going wild at ringside all match with the uh, trombone. <coughs> Excuse me. You can hear him yelling on commentary, even pops in. Says the Dudley boys ain't even brothers, which is funny. Uh, he's playing the Rocky theme on the trombone, which is fantastic. Uh, a point for Charlotte's win in celebration. That's worth a, a rewatch. Like, it's such an emotional moment. A point for Cena hitting the AA on the floor, which is just a great spot. A uh, point for Flair choking up and trying to do a shtick after the match. After Charlotte wins, but he's co- completely just, like, melting down in tears. <laughs> he can't do it. Uh, but he's trying to gut through. And then a point for Rollins uh, going back to back and Sting having a world title match. We don't often do matches, but like just the novelty of a Sting dirty world title match is worth a rewatch. Absolutely. Uh, Should have went plus five there. Um, for our minuses, we've got a dumb finish to a good match with uh, Summer and Rusev's hijinks continuing. And then the uh, Sting buckle bomb and uh, him collapsing is a, yep. is a bummer. So that's a four. Uh, for rewatchability, we had one all-time match on the positive side. That's John Cena versus Seth Rollins. So point there. And Marcus that nets us out to 22 and a quarter. So That's high praise. That is a very strong showing um, for the show here, especially in this season, which, again, doesn't always uh, deliver consistently high shows. So as of right now, that is our 13th ranked show wow. overall. Uh, it's actually in a three-way tie with NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 and No Way Out 2000. Our tiebreaker metric takes the best match and and ranks them that way. So uh, most people may have the Cactus Jack Hell in a Cell maybe as a high, but we were actually kind of low on that, mainly thanks to your two. Yeah. Um, so that that's the third of the shows in here. <laughs> Uh, Nutted champion spots, <laughs> spots in between it is a rough grade, and uh, Takeover Chicago two is uh, at the top of that list because that um, obviously I didn't even go back and look, but I'm I'm confident Takeover probably had the best match. Let's look real quick. That was like Champa, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> <Not by> my grade, <laughs> no, actually, did I sabotage it again. You did. We're gonna move it up. All right. So United Champions is actually ahead of Takeover Chicago. Uh, two, so that is our now twelfth best show. Yeah, baby. And that and that is on the back of, um, Cena, Cena Rollins, of course. So that puts it there. So uh, any final thoughts on United Champions before we close that out? 
Uh, sneaky good sprint. It was just mm-hmm. like kind of like good match after good match after good match. And then, of course, we have like the high point with Rollins Cena. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. It was it was surprisingly really good. Chris Berman doing? We could probably get him get him to do a tag for us for this. Boom. <laughs> and yeah, we give him some do do do's. Is there anything uh... anything more summer than you're outside, you're playing, you come inside, it's like seven thirty at night or whatever. Maybe take a quick shower, grab a glass of lemonade, smell of fresh cut grass in the air, jump on the couch or your bed as a kid and fire up Sunday night baseball. That theme you know, hits or baseball tonight theme hits into Sunday night baseball. Yep. That's like, that's summer right there. It's Americana infallible. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's move on to hell in a cell 2015. It's our next show here. This one took place at the Staples center in Los Angeles, California, October 25th, 17,505. Same commentary uh, triumvirate of Cole Lawler and JBL. We had a pre-show match of Dolph Ziggler. Listen to the talent in this friggin' pre-show match. Dolph Ziggler, Cesaro, and Neville taking on Rusev, Sheamus, and King Barrett uh, in a six-man tag. Gets 12 minutes on the pre-show. The faces win. I think we're seeing the early birth of the League of Nations. I don't know if they were official official yet, but they're starting to come together there. Um, So... Anyway. That in the uh, the kickoff era, like we're definitely in the Mountain Dew kickoff era of uh, yes. these live events, where like, whew, I, I I'm curious when we're gonna get to it. It's gonna be like one of the 17 or 18 seasons, but like I think Usos and New Day have a match on there, and like it's the best thing all night. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kind of wild to see the talent in that match, but that's just where we're at in uh in 2015. Yeah, the the pre-show kickoff show. I mean. I used to always argue, like, with the network, it doesn't really matter. Like, everyone always get it up in arms, right? Like, oh, they're on the pre-show. But really, with, with the network, like, the pre-show, are you drinking the Audad blood? Uh, I might I might be. <laughs> Looks like it. Uh, <laughs> the, um, on, the, on the network era, like, it was kind of like it's all the same. It gets archived the same. You know, like, it's all on there. So it was kind of like whatever. It's not like it was on TV Guide, like the old days, you know? Yeah. Uh, All right, so our opening match features another big return. We're in a little stretch of returns here. And uh, that is Alberto Del Rio answering the uh, open challenge of John Cena for the U.S. title. And he's also accompanied by Uncle Zeb, (laughs) Zeb Coulter, uh, who leads him out. He's in a rascal. Was was he in the rascal with Swagger, too? I didn't remember the rascal. I think towards the end he was, yeah. I can't remember what happened, but yeah. I, I think George he broke Kassan's his leg. Rascal. I think he broke his leg in real life, and they like made it part oh, of the part of the thing. But yeah, I think he just kind of kept it um, like Cowboy Bob's cast. This is such a stupid pairing. I, I didn't get it. Like, <laughs> it's like Del Rio couldn't talk. Like, we had years of him talking, and he was fine, especially as a yeah. heel. Um, Zeb is like been Mister Patriot, MAGA before MAGA guy, right? I mean, that was his whole thing, right? So. With swagger and and so I know they do this whole Mex Mexicana stuff or whatever, but um, I I never I was I, pre like being a drug mule and ruining Paige's life Del Rio like I actually liked quite a bit um both uh-huh. in ring and as a character so I was actually excited when he came back here uh, I've always kind of been a mark for him not so much after all that happened but at the time so this is actually a pretty cool return and he actually he beat cena for the u.s title uh which is i would say like a huge surprise uh it only goes eight minutes and he beats him clean so like this was this is pretty shocking i thought at the time it was a good good return and the way they went about it obviously clearly serious about del rio but what'd you think of this pairing and the, and the surprise Guilty pleasure pairing. Like, it makes no sense. There's no need for it. But I irrationally love the pairing of uh, Zeb Coulter and. Uh, well, Zeb's Alberto a good talker. Like, put him with guys who can't talk. That's, a, that's Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. I agree with all that. But, like, I guess there's a, there's a level of nuance that WWE can't or won't get into where, like, that pairing actually could have been really interesting and you could have, right. like, dove into, like, 
okay, like you have Del Rio, who's yes, he's Mexican American, but he's also like greedy and he's a you know he's a dirty businessman and you have um you know zeb who's all about opportunity but he's also about like the almighty dollar like i think there's something there that we're just not going to get to explore in 2015 wwe um right i'm a mark for uh people leaving for a little bit and then coming back in the best shape of their life um uh, <laughs> they've been eating nothing but chicken and rice and gotten a, a good handful of candy uh del rio looked amazing here uh, I went point two seven five as well for the match. Uh, quick, it was in and out. Um, it felt like John Cena had something more important to go to. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> well, you think he had the two matches in one night or something, the way they did this. Right. No, I feel like John Cena had to like get to a wedding or something. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> Cena's in and out, and he drops the U.S. title. Uh, and I think he's going to be gone for a bit, too, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for a while, right? think so yeah uh, i don't think we're gonna see him again uh till our season finale but it takes that, us to does he wrestle right he doesn't wrestle there so is he no he doesn't is he hurt he yeah i think hurt. he's hurt yeah i can't remember what he hurt though um so that's why they make this so quick um yeah the uh real quick on zeb too like i feel like he could have been a good fit in nxt at this time to like mm, help some of the young mm -hmm. guys who couldn't talk maybe like versus on the main yeah. roster where he probably wasn't needed as much that's a good point yeah Especially, yeah, just helping people out like behind the scenes too with promos and right. could could have used his booking for a couple angles there too. Um, he's a good good idea, man. Um, that takes us to our first namesake match of the evening, as it is a Hell in a Cell match between Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. Uh, I went four and a half. I think for the WWE Hell in a Cell match that you're going to get in 2015, I think this is on par with just about any um great cell match that's happened post pg era um i thought they really did a good job of trying to capture the brutality and the punishment aspect of hell in a cell i thought the cell itself was kind of a star of the match um they do use some other weapons but the cell was treated as an equalizer um and a an equal star of the match as well um and Re like reigns looked really tough in this match too which we've kind of pointed out all season like when he gets his best reactions it's when he's walking tall um and he does that in this match so uh reigns picks up the win four and a half for me i think you're on mute pal how about now I'm better now i made two great points uh so i went four on this, I think it's a great match. I did not see this coming at all. I did not remember this match. Uh, completely caught me off guard with how invested I got in it. And it really makes you wonder, like, I don't know if the crowd is even super into him, but man, they hit on something with Reigns in this little stretch here, post-Mania with the cash-in stuff. To hear is like, been a really good run. Like, we, we, he had the Big Show match. He's got the stuff with Ambrose. He's got this. Like, there's been a lot of good stuff from him in this stretch. We'll see how it how it goes, like, as we head toward Mania at the end of the season. But, you know, I, I think after that, he's still pretty good in 16, right? It's not like, it's, what's his down year? Is it like 17, 18, I think, is kind of his, when the, kind of some of his bad stuff, right? I don't think he even ever has, like, bad I don't bad think stuff. it's bad, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> he's very high in my GWE uh, ranking. I think some of the booking around him is a little iffy, but I think he personally is one of the best they've ever had. Right. Yeah. I think... I just well, it's like they didn't do him any favors by having him be the next Cena where the crowd hates him and they don't care and they just keep pushing yep. him as top face. But that said, is this bloodline stuff as good if they didn't do that? So it's almost like they made a sacrifice a couple of years of just like the crowd just being so angry um, to set this up, which has been obviously great. So I don't know if he has this awesome heel run if he's already healed before during this stretch. No, I don't think so. All right, we got a rematch next, and that is the tag team titles. The New Day defeat the Dudley Boys this time, uh, two and three quarters for me. I, you know, pretty much right in line. I have it as the same grade as last time. Like it's whatever. <laughs> like it's kind yep. of a rinse repeat under nine minutes again. So it was fine. Yep. Same for me. Exactly two, uh, two and three quarters. Right. Uh, that takes us to our Divas match as uh, for the Divas title, as uh, Charlotte is defending against Nikki. Uh, in the return match from Night of Champions. Uh, I went three and a quarter as well uh, for this match. 
really good work. Uh, it, we're very quickly seeing Charlotte become the finished product that we would kind of get up until um, the, her first really big hiatus in like 2020. Yep. Um, so that was kind of really cool to see. Um, but that was my only real takeaway from this match. Okay. Yeah, I went three and a half. I, I mean, I liked it actually better. Then the last one made made a little nerves in the last one that weren't there this time with it being kind of the end of the run, beginning of the run. Charlotte's kind of coming more into her own too, month by month. So uh, this was pretty good. Um, so three and a half for me. You could already see the injection um, that these ladies have brought from NXT into the main roster, right? Like now mm -hmm. we're constantly churning out matches that are plus three stars, which there's weren't a ton of before this. So that's really good. Uh, all right. Next up, we have our world title match. So third from the top here, Seth Rollins' reign continues to be on, on life support uh, as he takes on Kane. We talked about this, this feud already a bunch. Look, I went three. I mean, it's fine. Like, Kane can still kind of have matches. We've seen this before with different guys, whether it's Benoit or Angle or whoever, where he kind of can get pulled up a little bit. So I, I don't think this went to that level, but it was still pretty solid. As part of the stipulation... Uh, since Deeming Kane lost the match, Corporate Kane is fired as director of operations. And that's a line I never want to have to say again, but he is now done, <laughs> thankfully, as director of operations. So Corporate Kane is uh, put back in the box. So uh, Rollins limps on as champion. Yeah, I'm surprised I'm the uh, bottom man here. What the? Uh, 2.75 for me, though. Um, I agree with everything you said. It's one of those matches that we've seen in other seasons where Kane kind of gets brought up a little bit by. Uh, you know, being in there with a, a quote-unquote solid hand. Um, yeah, thankfully we're done, I think, with the uh, fired stuff or feeling bad about Dad losing his job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, our next match is for the Intercontinental title. It's another return match from the United Champions pay-per-view as Kevin Owens successfully defends against the Ryback. I went two and a half. Um, pretty straightforward uh, wrestling match. Nothing really super special um just uh this is a like we talked about this is replacement level yeah sick i mean under six minutes it's like it, this was kind of like why even bother i guess you need to get owens on the show but this felt completely jammed in i went two and a half as well just just an average match and it really just kind of puts a pin in ryback's push for now so owens reigns on as champion all right and jt that takes us to our main event of the evening uh it's our second Hell in a Cell match, as it is Brock Lesnar taking on The Undertaker. Um, and this is, of course, wrapping up their uh, feud that's been going on since 2014. Um, they, they did a big hype video talking about, you know, Brock beating Undertaker back at WrestleMania 30. Uh, and then Undertaker coming back at uh, Battleground, I believe it was, to cost Lesnar against Seth Rollins. Uh, we had the SummerSlam match. And, of course, now we're here, Hell in a Cell. So, um I like this match a whole lot more than I thought I would. I remember when I watched it at the time, it was even better than I thought. Um, that said, it's just a tick below an all-time match for me, but I thought these two really brought it, so I went with a four. Yeah, I went three and three quarters. Um, <clears throat> I got to say, I was, I was honestly a little disappointed. Uh, I, I thought the legend of this match was like, it's an all-time classic and better than SummerSlam. I like SummerSlam a little bit better. I, I think they're, they're close to being on par. Um, it just felt a little bit slower than I expected. Hmm. It's still great. I mean, look, 2015 Undertaker <clears throat> still having an almost four-star match in the cell with, with Brock. is Him having these two matches is like you never would have expected it at all that to happen in, in any world. So um, it hits. It's, it's You know, I had to close the show. So it's it was really good. It's still really, really, really good. Just I, I didn't. I was a little disappointed watching it. I thought the the legend of it maybe oversold it a bit. Yeah. And it helps that these guys also have, for me, what's a five-star match from a No Mercy 02, uh, that cell match. Like, that's absolutely nuts. So the fact they have another cell match, and it's, you know, it's definitely lesser than, but it's not dramatically lesser than. Um, I, I think it speaks to uh, their, like, their chemistry that they have. All right, so let's get to our oh so so that nets out to a five and a quarter. So again, another good, really good outing um, in ring for uh, this season here. That's been pretty consistent for sure. All right, let's get to our plus minuses. Get to build. 
Uh, we give a point for the Wyatt's Shield War with Wyatt torturing Reigns. A point for the Dudley still chasing New Day. Took out Xavier Woods at the table. A point for Rollins to Kane uh, with a lot of time investment put into it. It was worth the payoff match. As much as we hated it, the build was still pretty good. A point for the long-term Lesnar-Taker build leading to a huge blow event. It even kind of ties into their original cell match back in 2022. I mean, 20, 2002. All right, for our minuses, we've got leaning on the U.S. Open Challenge. Uh, leads to no real like build or feuds for contenders. Uh, a lot of reliance on rematches from Knight of Champions as well for this event. We've got the Divas title match uh, being a match that relies all on build from before Knight of Champions. Never-ending authority drama. Uh, we talked about it. You know, will or, will or won't Dad uh, have a job at the end of the night uh, with Kane? Ryback and Owens still really having no story uh, other than the night being a Knight of Champions rematch. So. A heavy night for rematches. All right. So that brings it to a negative one. Let's move on to commentary. Uh, we gave a point for Cole doing a pretty good job rehashing the Cena Del Rio history. <laughs> That's it. Everything else was replacement level or worse. Didn't mm -hmm. really add much else to the show. Yeah, I felt like they had somewhere else to go to. Um, for our minuses, we've got King saying, uh, quote, that should have knocked out a bull moose. Stupid. Uh, we've got Cole having a constant. Makes no sense. Over what does that even mean? <laughs> it was like something Jim Ross would have said, but like Jim Ross would have had a, a cool moose, to it. Uh, political political party, if nothing else. <laughs> um, Cole having to constantly cover up, uh, or, or not con, uh, constantly having to over explain things uh, that King and JBL miss while they're uh, yucking it up. God, the yucking is so much, <clears throat> so much of the yucking. So it's like. King and JBL or a long retire or something. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's like they're trying to do the real kind of sports guy, you know, chuckle yeah. fest. And then Cole, because they're missing stuff because they're doing that. He has to like over explain it. Like, look at Rollins. Look at Rollins. He's going up top because that's where he goes. Like, you know, he's doing that while they're those two doofuses are like, you know, cracking jokes at each other because he's trying to get them to pay attention or make sure everyone else is seeing what's happening. So it just leads to like a real bad overall product. Uh, all right, so negative one for commentary, which is, um, I mean, in the end, probably not as bad as it should have been. Atmosphere, we give a point for the show, feeling bigger by being in the Staples Center. Everything feels bigger in L.A. We give a point for the big Cena entrance to open the show, a point for the celebrities in the crowd, a point for the big pop for Del Rio, uh, a point for the pink ropes for October. Like, I know there's thoughts back and forth on, like, Susan Komen and those types of places, um, you know, organizations and if they're the right ones to be partnered with when it comes to stuff like breast cancer awareness. But I will say for the October pay-per-views and TV for this mid 2010s, like I instantly think it pops in my head. When I think of the show, I think pink ropes still real. Like mm. it's like a real strong visual. So it does add a memorable feel to the show. Uh, a point for the Wyatt entrance as he stalks through the cell, though the fireflies around him. A point for the lit crowd during the Reigns Wyatt match. It is awesome in that match. A uh, point for Lesnar's entrance and a point for Undertaker's entrance. So there's a lot of strong atmosphere stuff on this show. Just like the vibes and the feel really hit. Yeah. Uh, and the only minus we have is uh, the crowd seems a little bit burned out or uninterested in Owens and Ryback, which was definitely the down point of the night. So yeah. uh, other than that, this was an awesome crowd. So that's a plus seven for atmosphere, which is very strong. All right. Uh, notable moments and importance. We have a point for Del Rio and Uncle Zeb both returning. A point for Del Rio winning the U.S. title. A point for Reigns being cheered like a top face. A big moment in his growth. So if you leave this show, you're feeling good, right? If you're Vince, you're thinking, all right, let's go. And we'll see We'll see by the next pay-per-view. That's where they were headed uh, for sure in some ways. So they felt pretty good coming out of this one. Uh, a point for the death of Corporate Kane. Thank God. A point for a lot of blood <laughs> on a 2015 pay-per-view. Not something you see a lot during this era, but we do get it here. A point for the thank you taker ovation at the end of the show. And then a point for the attack that we didn't mention yet. So after Brock beats Undertaker, the Wyatt family uh, attack and carry Taker off. So you would think something's coming there, right? Off of maybe the Mania stuff where Taker beat Bray. It seems like we're setting up some kind of Taker-Wyatt feud. Yeah. Uh, and our only minus is Kane, WWE title contender, and he is everywhere. So light night on the minuses so far. At least in, uh, yeah. at least in yeah. uh, that category as well. 
So I went six. Uh, I went six. We went six on notable moments. So that's two big categories back to back. Layer on the match grades, 5.25, also big. And let's get to card structure. Uh, we start hot with Cena in a surprise return and title change. That's one. We give a point for uh, a fine time to do a B-level title contender on, with a big match on top. So if you're going to blow off this Kane thing, now's now's probably the time to do it on this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And then a point for uh, closing with, with Taker Lesnar. You had to here. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, the cell match being second on the card. It's a little weird, either open or close, um, or, you know, running back to back. But uh, we've also got Neville being still trapped in pre-show matches. Uh, it's been weird with him all season. He's either been in like um, like the nap spot on the card or he's been um, been on the pre-show. Uh, Doctor having to keep stopping the action to help with uh, the blood in the Hell in a Cell. Um, it kills the flow early on. Um, but that's it for minuses. All right, so that is a negative one for card structure. Uh, for rewatchability, we have a point for Rain spearing Wyatt through the table on the floor. That looks really good. A point for the New Day promo. He said Bubba. They said Bubba's a Caucasian Kamala. Uh, and then a point for Undertaker choke slamming and Tombstone and Lesnar on the exposed wood. So that was the big part of the Hell in a Cell where they pulled the mat apart um, and tombstoned him on the on the exposed wood. Oh, I hate that spot. Um... <laughs> But uh, for our minuses, we've got uh, the never-ending stuff with the Authority and Kane. Hopefully, it's coming to a close here. Uh, we've got Char- uh, Charlotte and Nikki have a scary spot uh, with the top rope uh, tower suplex reversal. And also, a uh, Alabama slam on the edge of the apron. And I meant to note of it. Like, they must have been short on time or something or gotten a go-home cue, like, pretty quickly after that um, because they wrap things up almost immediately after that. But it's not in, like, the, oh, this was so punishing. Let's, like... Take them. It's like, right. oh, let's get to the next spot. Like it's 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 rushed. Yeah. Uh. All right. So that is a one for rewatchability. We didn't have any all time matches, and that brings us to a total score of sixteen point two five. So I'm not gonna say middle of the road, but it's closer to the middle than the top. I think at that. So it ends up being our twenty fourth all time show. So pretty good. It's tied with Backlash 99, but I had the better match with the Reigns Wyatt sell. So it finishes ahead of that. So, uh, yeah. Any final thoughts on Hell in a Cell? Surprising or feel right? Kind of above our line of like what's a really good show compared to like what's an average show. It's right around there. Uh, I think like 15 is kind of where we're falling with like shows that are, you know, kind of like a little bit forgettable. Um, so, yeah, this one was it had two great cell matches. I thought um, it's cool to see the the elevation of reigns and see him clicking and starting to fire on all cylinders. And we're also seeing Charlotte. So um, things look pretty promising heading into uh, the late fall portion of our season. Um, and we will cover that with our next episode. Probably more promising than most falls. Like I actually think this mm-hmm. fall is usually a tough time. And I think these, these couple shows like we're, that Night of Champions may be one of the best September shows I've done. We'd have to go back and kind of look at our comps, but they go 04, right? That was the last season we did. Unforgiven was terrible. So, so it's like, <laughs> you know, it's September is usually kind of a down, down show. So we'll see how it tracks. But um, all right. Do you want to quickly do our top 10 since uh, we may have some new, new viewers here? Uh, yeah, let me get to it. All right, I'm ready. All right, start things off with our 10th best show, which is SummerSlam 2011 with 23 points. All right, then we've got Fully Loaded 1999 with a 26.25. NXT TakeOver War Games 2 with 26.5. NXT TakeOver New York with a 28.25. Royal Rumble 2000, 28.5. Money in the Bank 2011 with a 28.75. WrestleMania 21, 33.5. The SummerSlam 2015 with a 35.25. Royal Rumble 2005 is our second best show of all time at 36.5. And And our number one show, the highly controversial SummerSlam 1999 with a unreachable possibly 38.25. And as you can tell, like anything that's going to have just a lot of moments and atmosphere and all that kind of stuff is what's going to carry these shows. The ones that struggle are that are really just either 
flatlined, like nothing going on. Or if they're heavy in ring and not a lot of big moments and gogs, you'd think some of those NXT ones would be higher, but it's just match, 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 match. So it doesn't really leave a lot of room for the other stuff to, to help carry it. Um, all right. So we'll be back in two weeks, Marcus. We're going to do Survivor Series 2015 and TLC. So we'll wrap up the calendar year of 2015. Be sure to check out everything we have to offer at the North South Connection. You can see it at NorthSouthConnection.com. Uh, which is the home for like all of our content. So if you go there, you'll see everything listed. Um, and you can kind of pick and choose you want to listen to. You can subscribe to us on any podcatcher app by looking up North South Connection, or subscribe and um, and another word. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, North South Connection. Follow that. We get all the video content that we'll be doing now. Social media: we're on Instagram, North South Connection Pod. We are on uh, TikTok. Search North South Connection. Aaron started to do some uh, wrestling figure reviews that are cool. Some other content there as well. And also Twitter. Uh, we're on there too at uh, No So Pod Network. So lots to check out. We appreciate all of your support. Live your life above replacement level, and we'll talk to you. Extruded and bought a crown and baked into cakes with your pastor around.